When I was in elementary grade school, I had many failing marks in my report card. And I was often punished by teachers because I was too talkative. And at night, it took me about an hour tossing in bed before I could sleep. I was full of worries, and I started to grow white hair as a child and even as a teenager. But later, after I went abroad for seminary, I was surprised to find that all my white hair had fallen off. And now, past 80, my hair is still largely black. I will tell the secret later in this sermon. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus five times told us not to worry, and he gave five reasons on how to be unworried in life. First, our body and life. Second, look at the birds. Third, look at the universe. Fourth, look at our needs. Fifth, take it one day at a time. Jesus began with a statement in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Jesus said, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, or yet for your body, what ye shall put on. Notice that Jesus is not talking about luxuries of life. He is talking about life's necessities, eating, drinking, and clothing. We can survive without luxuries, but we cannot survive much without the necessities of food and clothing. And this is why we all work hard to survive and to make a living for us and our family. But God wants us not to worry while working hard. Our topic is how to be unworried in life. Let's listen to what Jesus actually said. Point number one, our body and life. Our life and body are a gift from God, says Jesus. Verse 25, Jesus said, Is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? Today, we worry about our need for food and clothes. But food and clothes are nothing compared to life and body. Now, where do our life and body come from? Scientists still cannot create life. Only God can create life. And every one of us, our bodies, our very life, are all given by God to us. Life is very precious, and we want to protect and to take good care of our lives for God's sake. 
Ten years ago, I suddenly had heart attack and then open heart surgery, quadruple heart bypass. It was at St. Luke's Hospital, Quezon City. Now, all my life, I had asthma, trouble with my lungs, never my heart. But you know, life is full of sudden ups and downs. And as a pastor, I needed to accept and expect it. Yes, I was scared during, before and during surgery. I loved my life. But because life is given by God to me, and even if I have life, I still cannot control a lot of things happening to me. Here is another example. I was born on November 1st. Yes, All Saints Day. But my official birth certificate shown on the screen has me born on November 11, an extra one. Maybe it was during wartime. A bullet flew into Manila City Hall, and the secretary there typed an extra one and ran away. Also, my Chinese name was wrong. It was written Tan Hong Kai instead of Tan Hong Pok. Well, although wrong birth date and even wrong name, I am glad I was born and given life by God. Even better, I was born again on September 11, 1949. Yes, 9-11, not a good date. But despite all these wrong dates, the most important is, I was born and have life from God. Verse 25, Jesus said, Is not life more than meat and the body than raiment? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? Jesus said, that life is more precious than meat, and the body is more than clothes. It is all given by God. We cannot even add one inch to our physical stature. And dear friends, if God has freely given us life and body, surely he can also supply us the meat and clothes needed for life and body. Point number two, the birds of the air. Look at the birds. They do not seem to worry. Verse 26, Jesus said, Behold the fowls, birds of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. And yet your heavenly Father Feed them, are ye not much better than they? Jesus tells us to look at the birds and not to worry. In other words, become a bird watcher. I have a cousin who is an international bird watcher, and he would fly to South America and even to Africa to film exotic birds. Now, 
Notice two things about the birds. Jesus said, they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. The birds cannot plant and harvest. Notice how the birds are fed. God ordained that they cannot plant and harvest. They only eat what is left over for them from nature. How about mankind? Mankind can plant, reap, harvest, and save for the future. Now, which method of life has more security? Of course, mankind's method. Jesus then described God's relationship to the birds as your heavenly Father feedeth them. The birds do not have their heavenly Father. We do. The birds only have their Creator. And yet, our heavenly Father feeds them. How much more God will care for us. And dear brothers and sisters, the birds have much more reasons to worry and be afraid about their lives. And yet, when we look at birds, they do not seem to worry. After every bit of food they eat, their heads are raised up to heaven, I think, in thanksgiving and in song. And when they walk, they jump up and down. Jesus said, look at the birds. If God cares for the birds, he will care for you because God is our heavenly Father. Jesus then summarized his study of birds, saying, Are you not much better than the birds? Of course we are, but how much better? Because we have souls. Birds do not have souls. They have body. One soul in a man or woman is worth more than the entire world. And to save our souls from hell, God had to send his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, shedding his precious blood on the cross to redeem us forever. So we are more precious than birth because we have souls in us. And Jesus died to redeem our souls. That's why we are so precious to God. And this good news must be told to all the world. Point number three. Look at our bountiful universe. The universe is filled with God's bountifulness. Verse 28, Jesus said, And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Jesus tells us to look at the lilies of the field. The lilies in Bible times were different from today's lily in our picture here. Biblical lilies were among the largest and the prettiest of flowers in the Holy Land. But God did not have to make them so pretty. 
No one took a microscope to observe and to appreciate each flower. In fact, they grew up and died, the flowers, within a few days because of the hot desert air and winds in Israel. Now, the lilies never even learned how to weave or, to, or took, took courses in designing colorful petals and leaves. But God clothed each of them with textures and patterns 1,000 times more intricate than King Solomon's garments. Some years ago, during our Holy Land tour, I saw a member in Israel kneeling down on the ground, taking pictures of a little flower there by the Dead Sea. It was a beautiful flower, and the tour member told me that he had already taken 10,000 pictures during our two-week Holy Land tour. I could not believe it. 10,000 pictures of flowers. But truly, God's universe is filled with nice things to see, even in the Dead Sea regions. And it's not just flowers. How about the beautiful and magnificent sunrise and sunset? Or look into the telescope or the microscope. There are, in Alaska, the northern lights that you could watch for hours. Once I was in Brazil, and they took me to visit the Iguazu Falls, which borders with Brazil, Argentina, and Paraguay. Ten times bigger than the famous Niagara Falls in the USA and Canada. Now, God did not have to make his creation so beautiful the universe is filled with God's bounty and grace, and he can care for us. In the Old Testament, there was a man who suffered terrible trials. His name was Job. Job and his three friends had many, many questions about why Job was suffering so much. Finally, in the book of Job, when God answered their questions on why, God used the word who, W-H-O. God told Job to think of who created all things on earth. Who feeds the whales in the oceans? Who causes the universe to exist and so forth? That's how the book of Job answered the question of why suffering. And dear friends and brethren, when trials come our way, ask ourselves, how big is my God? Focus on God's greatness and God's nature. Dear brothers and sisters, when we focus on the invisible almighty God, the God who created and controls the universe and has sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to, to show God's love to us through his death, we can really stop worrying for our own selves. Point number four, the believer's needs. Our Heavenly Father is all-knowing of our needs. 
Verse 31, Jesus said, Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. Notice two important words here. Knoweth and need. Our heavenly Father knoweth that you have need, not want. You have need of all these things. God knows your needs. The word to know when describing God is very awesome and absolute. God knows at any moment the thoughts, the movements, the words of everyone on earth together at the same time and individually. God knows our smallest needs and our largest problems. He knows all our joys. He knows our sorrows. He sees every teardrop, every heartache, every pain, and he cares for us. From the third heaven, God knows everything happening to each person on earth. The smallest details to the largest need, and he cares for you and me. As I had mentioned at the beginning of our sermon today, when I was a child and then teenager, I had a lot of white hair. That gave me further a lot of worries. I was worried that I would have all white hair by the time I reached 20 years old. I remember paying my classmates to pull up my white hair with pincers one at a time, but the more I pulled them up, the more the white hair would grow. I had a terrible fear of what would happen when I grow up. But then I went to Texas for seminary. As I concentrated there on my studies, I learned three things about the Almighty God that I was going to serve. God is omnipotent, all-powerful. God is omnipresent, always present, everywhere. And God is omniscient, all-knowing. Omnipotent, omnipresent, and omniscient. Wow, powerful words. So I learned to trust in God and to pray about my tendency to worry and to be afraid. After Dallas Seminary, I came back to Manila to be pastor of this church, Grace Christian Church of the Philippines. One day, I looked at the mirror, and I found, I discovered that all my gray hair had fallen off. It must have been in Dallas. It could not have been that I ate too much McDonald's hamburgers there. It was what I had learned about my God that I was going to serve. Imagine, no white hair now. I was 30 years old, the youngest and probably the handsomest Chinese pastor in Manila. Just kidding. Well, two months ago, before 
my wife and I returned back to Manila. My barber in Texas told me that I am actually still growing black hair. I told the barber that I'm 84 now. In five months, I'll be 85. And she was so surprised, and that gave me a chance to pray with her. Let's go on. We remember the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus was surrounded by his enemies that night. Jesus asked them, Whom are ye seeking? They answered, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus said, I am. And as soon as he said the words, I am, they all fell to the ground. Why? That was the very name of God. In Genesis, God told Moses that his name was I am. For Moses to tell Pharaoh, I am has sent him to let my people go. But those two words, I am, seems incomplete. I am what? God did not say anything more. He's just, I am. Maybe precisely so that we can fill in what we needed about him, from him at any moment. Are we weak? God says, I am strong. Are we poor? God says, I'm rich. Are we in trouble? God is our rock of ages. Are we nothing? God is our all in all. And God knows our past, our present, and our future. If God knows it all, then why worry about it? Let us just trust in God who really cares for us. Finally, point number five. Take life one day at a time. Verse 34, Jesus said, Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Now the New Living Translation reads, Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Some people say in books, Blessed is the man who is too busy during the daytime and too sleepy at night. What a comfort and encouragement when we think about our God. Jesus encourages us to treat worry one day at a time. Don't let tomorrow's worry bother you today. Things will be different tomorrow. Finally, Jesus said, not, not only should we not worry, we should positively do something. Verse 33, Jesus said, Matthew 6, 33, Jesus said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. As we put God first in our lives, 
Keep busy on doing God's work. Do everything with eternity in view. And then all these things that we need, not necessarily what, all that we want, will be added unto you. I remember in 1983, after pastoring Grace Christian Church of the Philippines for 16 years, our church lovingly gave me and my wife, Helen, a leave of absence to take a break in the States. Now, Pastor Stephen was only five years old then. Dr. Christine was six years old. And little Samuel, the youngest, was six months old. Frankly, my wife and I were somewhat concerned and worried about going so far away with three little children. But we learned to trust God, to pray and to commit our needs to God. One of the things we decided to do in the States was to put God first in our family life. So we had nightly family altar or family devotions. After supper, everyone gathered around the living room in Dallas. That's our only sofa there in, in Texas. We sang, we read the Bible, we prayed together for about one hour every night. We read many Bible stories so that the children, when they go to sleep, would dream about the Bible heroes as they sleep. And we also gave each of the three children church hymnal, the real church hymnal, 400 hymns, and we sang through every hymn, a hymn a day. We finished 400 hymns every year. Our three children, Christine, Stephen, and Samuel, grew up to love and memorize hundreds of hymns and Bible stories. It was like going through seminaries, singing as they go. We also taught the children about the story of Grace School back home here and church. We told them how their grandmother, Julia Tan, a widow, had trusted in God. We also told them how their uncle James and Auntie Judith were holding the fort there now at the school. I also told them about my own testimony of dedication and Christian life growing up in the Philippines. Then it was prayer time. We all knelt down and took turns praying aloud, praying for many things. And for the next 20 years there in Dallas, the children grew up on God's word and God's righteous precepts. And when our three children finished their college in Texas, they all went, they all stayed and went to Dallas Seminary. And now Helen and I are so happy to see them. One, Dr. Stephen, helping at Grace Church, and the other, Dr. Christine, helping at the Grace School. Dear brothers and sisters, when we put God first and his righteousness first in our lives, all these things, 
all our needs would be added unto you. And so, Jesus gave us five reasons why we should not worry. And I also, I'm preaching to myself too. First, our life and body are God's gift from God, the Almighty. He can take care of us. Second, look at the birds. They do not worry. They should, but they don't. Seemingly don't. Third, the universe is filled with God's bounty. Why worry when God is so almighty? Our God is big. He can take care of all our problems and needs. Fourth, our Heavenly Father is all-knowing. He knows what we need. And fifth, take life one day at a time says Jesus. Finally, let's all read Philippians chapter 4 in another passage Bible. Philippians 4, verses 6 to 7. Be careful or anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God which passeth all understanding. So keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Thank you so much. May God bless you. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the quietness of this time. We could meditate and receive thy word, both he who speaks and those who listen. May we be comforted and encouraged amid life's ups and downs. And Lord, may we look again anew to our almighty heavenly Father, the rock of ages, the savior of our soul. We love you because you first loved us. And as we depart and go our ways, may we be filled with joy because of thy love, and our trust in thee. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.